Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Right, if you have your Bibles, um, I'd like to read from Mark's Gospel and chapter 2. Mark's Gospel, chapter 2. It's great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to come and share. And I just, in the next 35 minutes, I want to take 20 minutes around these verses in Mark 2, and then I want to share with you some um, online means to share your faith, to kickstart your faith. So, Mark chapter 2, and I'm reading from an ESV translation. And when he, that is Jesus, returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he, Jesus, was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they got, when, I'm sorry, and when they could not get near him, because of the crowd, they removed the roof. These guys were a roofer's dream. They removed the roof above him, and when they had made an opening, they let him down, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw there, that's the faith of the friends, when he saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there on the front row. The front row is my paraphrase. It's not in there. Questioning their hearts. Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit and that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easy to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of God has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose immediately, picked up his bed, and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. May God make church like that every week. I love this story. It fascinates me. But it not only fascinates me, it challenges me because these guys literally ripped up the perceptions of church. Church was never like this. And may God continue to do that throughout this generation. Don't know whether you realize, but that in this town, is it a city, Leamington? Okay, in this place, there is a heritage of healing. Within this town, there is a heritage of healing. And may the seeds that were sown in previous generations be germinated by God's Spirit and rise in this day. That you will see the healing power of God bring many people to Jesus. I love this story because, as I said, it not only fascinates me, it challenges me. It challenges my perception of friendship. It asks asks me questions like, 
Is my circle of friends inclusive or exclusive? We've all got a circle of friends, but is that circle of friends inclusive or exclusive? It asks me a question like, am I willing to open my circle of friends to people who don't look like me, think like me, act like me, behave like me? Or do I only allow in my circle of friends those who are like me? It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Living with disability was and is never easy. In fact, in 5th century Rome, there was a a kind of a, a statute on the books that stated, kill quickly deformed children. Quickly kill deformed children. That was on the Roman statutes. In Israel, there was the concept, if you were disabled you ha- or your parents had sinned, disability was a result of sin. And yet, although the, the, the deck was kind of stacked against this guy, somehow this paralyzed man had managed to be accepted by a group of people who believed in Jesus. And it's what I want to say, first of all, it's these four friends. These four friends were true friends. You know, finding friendship is never easy. True, finding real, true friendship is never easy. It's easy to find casual acquaintances. It's easy in church to relate on what I call a cliche level. Now, please don't get offended. I'm only here today, so I'm going, so I'm not here to upset you. But it's very easy to get onto cliche level. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we get into cliches when really, if someone said, how are you doing? And they were someone who really asked, if you ask the question, you should want the answer. How are you doing? Well, not so good. In fact, I'm struggling. Okay, could we pray together? Could we chat about that? You know, and these were four friends who really had made the effort to find true friendship. Even though there was difference, they befriended each other. And somehow these four guys into their circle of friendship had embraced this guy who was disabled. And they were developing a deep and meaningful relationship. And they were turning the obstacles into opportunities. Here was an obstacle. I don't, you know, I can't befriend you. I've got enough problems on my own. (laughs) I don't need your problem. That is not the way these guys thought. These were friends who would stop at nothing to introduce this disabled friend to Jesus. They would stop at nothing. You see, they'd heard that Jesus was in Capernaum and so they carried this friend of theirs to Capernaum. There was a religious gathering going on in Capernaum. The religious people had got there early and got the best seats. The scribes and Pharisees were on the front seats. They'd just come to judge the preacher. They'd just come to hold up their cards from one to ten. They'd just come to see what Jesus was saying. They were on the front row. And so when the four friends brought their disabled friend, they, they, they came to Capernaum and they realized that they were going to have some difficulty. 
to get their friend to Jesus. It was not going to be easy. But these four guys, and we think they're guys, they didn't want casual acquaintances. They, they didn't want to get into holy huddles and holy cuddles. They wanted true Christianity. They wanted to be true followers of Jesus. These guys didn't see, oh, help us, Lord. Church is not just circling the wagons. Getting into a holy huddle, it's a nasty world out there. We're coming in here and we're huddling together. We'll have a holy huddle and then we have to go out into that nasty world. But praise God, it's life groups this week. I can get back into another holy huddle and I can just get some warmth and just, I can make it, maybe I'll make it to next Sunday and then. This is a place where you come to get the cutting edge of God sharpened. And you're coming in here say, hey, put an edge on this. I'm going back out into that world and making a difference. I'm here to get built up, strengthened and encouraged because I'm, I have a legal right in Christ to be in this world. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all it contains. The devil is the illegal squatter. And we're here to kick him out and his influence out of people's lives. That's what we're here for. I'm not here hanging on to Jesus comes. and You know, I grew up with a, a theology that was hold the fort for I am coming. Make it through another week, people, because maybe Jesus will come and get us out of this mess. No, these guys were incredible. Despite the apparent differences, these guys enjoyed true friendship. Imagine spending your whole life on a six foot by three foot mat. That's what this guy's life was. This disabled, he, he lived on a mat that was maybe six foot. I don't know what that is in metric, forgive me. But, you know, maybe two meters by one meter, he lived on a mat. He lived a life of limitation. But these friends, they carried him. They carried him. They cleaned him up when he got in a mess. They moved him to stop him getting bed sores. These friends really were concerned for their disabled friend. Friendship is not cliche. Friendship is not just some religious jargon. Friendship is getting involved with, with and allowing people into your circle of friends that think differently. Do you know what I'm praying? God anoint the church of Jesus Christ with such confidence that we're confident and confident enough to hear people that disagree with us, that believe totally different to what we believe. And it's not a threat, that we don't argue, we don't get antagonistic. We just say, Let's, can, can I hear your perspective? You look, think, and act differently to me. But I want to know you. I want to befriend you. I want to bring you into my circle. I, I love Jesus. I'm confident in what I believe. You believe differently. And let's face it, we're living in a generation when there's so much difference coming into this nation. We have to change our perspective. This is not a time to batten down the hatches, get in, into holy huddles and have holy cuddles and just stay with it. Within that concept, this is a time to open up our circle of friends and say, hey, can I get a coffee with you? You totally disagree with Christianity, but I'd like to get a coffee with you. Because I'd like to hear where you're coming from. And though you're different... I would like to talk about the difference. And when you're struggling, I'm not going to preach at you. I'm going to help you in your difficulty. These guys brought their friend to Jesus. 
These friends were there for him. They were willing to go out on a limb. They were willing to suffer personal inconvenience. These guys knew there was a difference, but yet they wanted to spend time together. I need to move on. Four friends who enjoyed what one preacher called the fellowship of the mat. The fellowship of the mat. This paralyzed guy spent his whole life maybe on a two meter by one meter mat. But these guys didn't see it as something that would put them apart. Their circle of friends was not exclusive. It was inclusive. They didn't see the difference as a thing of difference or division. They saw it as something they could befriend each other. If the mat speaks of human brokenness and imperfection, we've all got a mat. If the mat is what makes me different to you, I have a mat. Because we're all different. You say, but we're all Christians. Yes, but we're all different. You, if I share my problem with you, you say, oh, no big deal. You share your problem with me, I say, oh, it's no big deal. But we all have challenges. We all have things that we're facing. We all have things that make us different. You may have fears. That's your mat. You may have a desire to control everything. That can be your mat. You may have an inability to trust. You may have a raging temper. You may be holding a terrible secret. You may have a crushing sense of failure. You may, you may have an inadequacy. And you, you may feel lonely. That's your mat. We all have a mat. But it's into that area that we have to allow people to come in that we can trust and say, look, this is where my challenge is, and that we enjoy a fellowship of the mat. God deliver us from realizing that church is not a group of people who are perfect. The only perfect, perfect person is Jesus. You know, I don't know whether that comes as a surprise, but none of us are perfect. And that includes everyone on a platform or everyone in a row. We, none of us are perfect. We're on a journey. You don't like me now. You just should have seen me 20 years ago. And that's normally when my wife says, amen. We are all on a journey. And can I say here, it's not the thing of I'm, I, my non-Christian friends, I just want them to pray the prayer, a sinner's prayer, and then the work's done. I am going to upset someone now. I don't find praying the sinner prayer is in the New Testament. gone very quiet. I believe every human being is on a journey toward to finding Christ. You may have one conversation that just moves them on a little stage. Praise God, you moved them on a stage. You may not be at the end of the journey when they make that decision. I want to become a follower of Christ, however that works. I want to become a follower of Christ. Great. But you may not be at that point. You may bring someone to the point of making that decision that has been on a journey that has been hundreds of people involved. But whoever you meet, if just your smile shows Christianity is something with joy within it, you may have moved them on. Woo, I didn't know Christians were like you. You actually enjoy life. <laughs> you, you enjoy, you have fun. Whoa, that's a new concept. I haven't seen Christianity. They've moved on a step. 
Maybe it's just something that you realize a neighbor is struggling. And you go around and say, hey, I see you're struggling as a single parent. Can we, would you be offended if we tidied your garden? Suddenly that neighbor has realized Christianity is different to their perception. And you've moved them on in the journey. It's, it's caused by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. I live my life on a mat of imperfection, of brokenness. But I realize that your mat is different to mine and I want to share fellowship and be open and honest. I'm tired of pretending everything's okay when everything isn't okay. I don't share this with everyone, but I have people I trust. And when they say, how are you, they really mean it. And say, to be honest... I'm doubting my salvation. I've lived a life this week and I'm not even sure. You know, I don't know where I am. I'm struggling. Okay. They're not going to panic, but they're going to say, could we pray? Could we get a coffee together? It's called the fellowship of the mat. Okay. Chris, you might, there's no countdown, so I'm, I'm well, you know. Let me come to this last point. Four friends shared the fellowship of the mat, but they were focused on one thing. I want to introduce my friend to Jesus. I want to introduce my friend to Jesus. They had formidable obstacles, social stigma, personal inconvenience, a high cost of time and energy to themselves. But these four guys were introduced. They were focused. I just got to get you to Jesus. Now, it's not a religious thing. It's relational. Please, God, help us to get out of the religion thing. It's not if I could just get them to that building on Sunday morning, they may become Christians. They may not come to this building for months. But in your relationship, you are introducing them to Jesus. Introducing them to Jesus. And showing them what reality is. They shared the load. They suffered the abuse with their friend. And they searched for an answer. Luke, when he talks about this whole story, he talks about trying to bring him. The friends were trying to bring him trying to bring him in to Jesus. They were striving. They were searching. They were making every effort. They were going to remove every obstacle. They were going to literally rip up the roof in order to get their friends. The Amplified Bible says, And when he, that is Jesus, saw their confidence in him springing from their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Your disabled friend, physically, emotionally, spiritually disabled, who has not a belief system like you, it's your faith, your confidence, even though they don't have it. In your heart, you're saying, I know Jesus can make every difference in your life. And by whatever way or whatever means I can, I want to get you to Jesus. Let me close this down. We are living in a generation the likes of which we have never lived through before. Now we have two ways of looking at it. We can say, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Come back, Jesus. Please come soon. Because I don't know whether I can make it. It is 
Everything's going wrong. Look at the immigration. Look at the politics. I used to go down further, but now at my age, I have to stop there. <laughs> this is the greatest opportunity for the Church of Jesus Christ than we've ever had. We spent five years in America, came back five years ago. I was shocked at the openness to spiritual things this nation now has. You could talk spiritual things, and the word spiritual is very broad in its concept in this generation. But you could talk to people in a relaxed, relevant way about the way you live. And they, did, they, they were willing to chat. There's an openness we've never seen before. This is our time and it's our turn. This is the time we can share who Jesus is. Please don't get religious. Just be real and relational. Just be real and relational about where it's at. The breakdown of families, the terrible toll on our generation. It's a depersonalized, computerized society in which people are desperate for friendship. People are extremely lonely. And the bottom line is, people do not attend church for therapy. They don't come to church for theology or any form of religiosity. The bottom line is, I think people attend church hoping to find genuine, authentic friendship. There's a lonely world out there that wants a friend. They don't want friends just to be seen as a kind of a, a, a chess piece, just to get them into church and make a decision to follow Jesus and my job's done. They want genuine friendship. Even though they may never come to church for months, they just want to know, you're my friend. You're looking out for me. You care for me. You are concerned for me in a genuine sense. I haven't got time, but what I would love to have done is got about a dozen of you out the front here and had you done a simple exercise. And what I would have asked you to do is create a circle. We've got a graphic for this circle. And generally speaking, what would happen is that you would create a circle like this. That would be the first thing that comes to mind. Isn't it incredible that every circle would be inward looking? Strange that, isn't it? It's kind of human nature that we, if we create a circle, we look inward. Church, it's time to have some outward-looking circles. I thank God for the bond of friendship, the sense of belonging together as part of a local church. But in that linking arms together, we need to be looking out because this is our time and it's our turn. So here's the two challenges I'm going to end with. How about opening up your circle of friends to people who don't think, look, act, or behave like you? How about it? If all our friends are in our church, that's wonderful, but it ain't going to get the job done. Get a friend who thinks differently to you. Say, so can you explain to me how you, I, I need to be educated here. Can we talk about this? Don't get so religious and preach at them, please. Don't preach at them. Befriend them. And embrace others within your circle. Within your circle. Um, I, want, I, don't want, I want to say this carefully. 
I have a group of friends and none of them are Christian. Most of them have a different sexual orientation to me. And I love being around non-Christians because they keep me sharp. They keep me sharp. And I sometimes, please don't get offended, I have to get amongst non-Christians because Christians, I think, that isn't a big issue. What are you so wrapped up in that? They moved the chairs this week in my church building. They sang a song like this. I think, oh, in the great scheme of things, I'm not your pastor. I'm, you know, grow up. (laughs) But non-Christians, you're with them and they're like a breath of fresh air. Wow, that's great. That's great. I spent 12 years in full-time ministry and then went back into secular employment. I was shocked. I realized what I've been asking the people on Sunday morning to do, how difficult it is to do in the week. It's a wake-up call. So the other challenge is, how about being willing to kick-start a conversation about spiritual matters? Now, you have to be wise in your conversation Be a good listener. Be a good listener as well as a speaker. Don't come with your three points, three steps to salvation. Repent. You're going to, you know, and all of, oh dear. Just casually chat like you were talking about prayer. I think we've lost the ability to chat. Hey, how are you doing? Ah, not so bad. What did you do the weekend? Oh, I did this and did that. I went to a church meeting and I did this. I had a great time. Just chat. Chat the gospel. Be real. Don't get into this religious mode. So two years ago, thinking on this whole concept, we created something called Coffee Chats. Because I think one of the hardest things is to know how to kickstart a conversation. Because sometimes we go from natural mode into supernatural mode. And we start speaking Shakespeare in English. It's amazing that, isn't it? The longer you've been around Christian circles, the, your language changed. This, thou, thou, you know, whatever. We start speaking differently and we start speaking on a higher level and preaching and this person's not deaf, but we're louder. We wanted to help people kickstart a conversation. And so we created Coffee Chats and Coffee Chats, what is, uh, and our slogan is, uh, let's go to the next slide, don't, roast your friends with religion, try our freshly brewed coffee chat. It's great that, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't come up with it, but someone else did. But it was a great concept. And the idea, these are a series of animations that are free. And you can download them, and it's all online, coffeechats.org coffeechats.org or you can go to coffeechats.co.uk. Let me introduce you the short video. I'm going to play a short video and then a longer one. So this might give you a bit of a start. Okay, in just a couple of minutes and we'll play you a full uh, animation of maybe the first one you want to use. I kind of want to set you a challenge that we set in Coffee Chats and it's called the Three Friends Challenge. I'd like you during this summer period to think of someone you have befriended already, you've got a bridge, you need to build a bridge with friendship, and that takes time. But someone, during the summer period, you might be able to show a Coffee Chats video, 
Animation 2 and have a conversation. When I started two years ago, I had one guy in my mind the whole process. He was someone when I was in shop fitting we worked with. He was a non-Christian, non-believer. And all the time we were doing this, because it's a non-religious, there's no religious kind of concepts within it, uh, so it's, it's easy to send. I had this guy in mind. And so he liked it on Facebook. And so, so I said, well, watch it and let's get a coffee together. <clears throat> he watched one of the animations. I think it was Wake Up and Smell the Coffee, which we'll see in a moment. And then his wife, who was clearly opposed to anything to do with Christianity, sat next to him. And he said, hey, you want to watch this? He said, no, no, it's religious. No, it's not religious. Watch it. Oh, okay. So they both watched it and both then had a discussion about spiritual things. That, to me, is a win. It's a win-win. That's what Coffee Chats is all about. It's to open up a conversation about Christianity. If you don't know how to use these and say, well, what questions can I ask? We've even give you what we call napkin notes. Isn't that lovely? Napkin notes. I know it's an Americanism, but two ends, I have to have the words, the, you know. So napkin notes, you freely download them, and it gives you some of the animations and questions that might kickstart a conversation with your friend. You don't have to use them. You don't put the napkin note in front and say, hang on a minute, we've got to go around this. This is how we, you know, make it casual and relaxed. So it is a point of kickstarting a conversation. The website has changed a little bit because we've now put some black and white films on there for even non-Christians to go on. And we got 10 people into a coffee bar in Birmingham, all non-Christians, nearly all my son's friends because he said, Dad, you're asking questions no one's asking. Or you're trying to answer questions no one's asking. And he said, these are the questions. If you, what you talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you say? If you could have coffee with God, what would you ask him? What is the one thing in the world? So there are a number of films on there. But we suggest that maybe the first animation you use is this one called Wake Up and Smell the Coffee. Wake Up and Smell the Coffee. So let's play this one, please. Great. Let me pray and I'm going to hand back. Father, we thank you for our circle of friends. Thank you, Lord, for everyone you've brought into the environment in which we live. But Lord, help us not to be inclusive but exclusive. Help us to start looking out and bringing in others that may think, look, behave, act totally different to us. And Lord, with our desire to introduce them to you, we won't be over-religious, but we'll be overly relational. That we will be real, honest, and open. And help us to understand what it means to share the fellowship of the mat. Because we are what we are by the grace of God. We live our lives and our own mat of brokenness, our own mat of insecurity, whatever. Lord, help us. I pray this church will grow phenomenally. And Jesus will be spread throughout this whole region. For we ask it in his name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.